God is good. God is good. Let us bow. Father God, we come to you right now just saying thank you. We thank you for your precious darling son, Christ. We thank you for the opportunity to fellowship today. Lord, we thank you for your word that you're going to bring. Lord, I'd ask that you would move me completely out of the way, Father God, that you would have your way with this vessel that you see fit, uh, that I began to hide behind the cross, the cross that you died on for my sins. Lord, I thank you for just being here. I ask that you would move as only you can and have your complete way. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So I have the privilege to, to share a, a word today. We're continuing with floods and gates and gates and floods and floods and gates. Um, and we are in Genesis. If you have your Bibles, listen, after with our brother, with Drew, I don't leave home without it no more. <laughs> I said, you, you never know. You never know. It was, a, it was a quick reminder to me to bring my Bible. I was like, so, and I, it also reminded me, you may see this at home, you kind of zoomed in, so some of y'all in the back, you can't see it, but uh, my sword is a little beaten up. Um, it means I've been using it, amen? Uh, but I was, it was just interesting as you go through the word um, and, and thinking about some passages that Dr. Campbell has, has shared, a pastor has shared, uh, to know that in my youth, Right in my younger days, I highlighted those passages um, as anchor scriptures to help me to move, uh, move forward. Um, and so we're in Genesis uh, chapter 7. And today, as you all know, I always ask you all, how did you show up this morning? Um, and and uh, this is from uh, Peter Sange, who uh, does a lot of work on systems and organ organizations and how we show up in space. Um, and so he asked the question, how, how do you show up? Uh, this morning. Did you show up like the prisoner? Right? You're here, but you're like, I got to be here. Right? I don't want to be here, but I have to be here because Pastor asked you to read scripture. No. Right? <laughs> like, if you had to show up. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. It's a Diane, like, we got our Cornelia brunch, so I got to see her after, so I'm going to take it, I'm going to take it easy on you. Or are you the vacationer, right? That vacation, that person who shows up, uh, but you're not here. You actually, you're already down the hallway. You can't wait for lunch. You're like, oh, I can't wait to eat, right? Because I can smell. I seen her dip, dropping a whole pot of shrimp inside of a, it looked like we're going to have some anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> vacation mode. Then you have the sophisticated. That's the person who uh, knows everything. And so, therefore, they don't need me up here preaching to them because they know the word. Um, and then you have the shopper. That's that person who shows up in a space who just looking for that one thing to go back and share on. Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, right? That one line that makes them sound good. It's like, yeah, haha, <laughs> this word is good, huh? And they want the likes and the views. So you have that shopper. But I want to challenge you all this morning uh, to be the explorer. To be the explorer. As God is speaking through me, uh, listening, I, I encourage you to listen to what God is saying to you. Because there's something amazing that happens when the preacher gets up to retalk God's talk. Because that's my job, is not to come up with my own word, but to share with you what God's word says, and he speaks directly to you. 
And it's always amazing because we're all going through different things. We're all at a different level in our lives. But God shows up and speaks directly to you and to your circumstances and to your issues. Right. And so let's get into it. Um, last week or the, two weeks ago, because uh, we had Dr. Campbell. And I don't know how many of you were blessed by a word last week. Yes, yes. Like uh, and I even had the opportunity to go have lunch with him. Right, and he shared more with about his robust romance with the Redeemer. Um, I aspire to be like that, to cultivate my relationship with Christ to where I have that romantic relationship with Christ. Um, and it was just a blessing to be uh, be there again. So, uh, Dr. Campbell, you seen this? If you see this, uh, we love you. We appreciate the word that you share with us. Uh, but two weeks ago. As Pastor shared, we're in Genesis chapter 6, 11 through 22, and I just have two points that I'm going to share um, about that sermon. And these were the two points. God made a covenant with Noah. I'm going to pause right there. God made a covenant with Noah. It's a blessing that our God, our holy and righteous God made a covenant with Noah. Point number two, Noah did everything, everything that God commanded him to do. So the two points from that previous sermon, if you didn't watch it, hadn't had a chance or you fell asleep, go back and watch it. It's online. It was amazing. But there's those two points that God established his covenant with Noah and then Noah did everything that God commanded him, which then made me think about this question that we have to ask ourselves. Am I doing everything that God is calling me to do? Am I doing everything that God is calling me to do? But not only that, I have must ask myself, Josh, what is God calling me to do? It's hard for me to be able to do and be obedient to something that I don't know is there. So how do we do that? I think it's found in Scripture. I think our assignments are found in God's Word. I believe our assignments are found in God's word. And so as we get into today's verse, we are in Genesis chapter 7, and we have one verse today. But Sister Stephanie, I could preach here all day on this one verse because it's so amazing. Our God and uh, the work of Christ is all up and through this verse. But there's a scripture that God gave me to, to share before we get into our sermon. Um, Galatians 5.16. So I say live by faith, live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So I say live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Today's title is Righteous in This Generation. Righteous in This Generation. Not the previous generation, not the next generation, but this generation. And oh, how convicting this word is. And I'm so glad that I just get to retalk God's talk. I didn't, I didn't, I don't, these are not my words. As I sit, sat and went into scripture, into, into prayer, into meditation and reflection, God gave me the title, Righteous in This Generation. So, 
why is, it, why, why is this important? Why am I talking about being righteous in this generation? Well, little context. In, verses, uh, in chapter 6, verses 11 through 22, God says something profound. God says something scary. Uh, God said that I'm about to destroy this world and everything in it. God said that there's so much corruption and violence. I am grieved that I ever made man. So Noah, I'm about to destroy the world. I'm going to flood the world. And our brother Wes shared with us an example. He brought the little Legos and it showed that there were people who were drowning. A lot of times we don't see that. We don't see within context what was going on. You have Noah who is, receives a word that he's going to, God is going to destroy the world. So what was the condition of the world? It was corrupt and violent. Why did God choose Noah? Because he found him righteous. What made Noah righteous? Well, we got to look at Genesis 6, 9. I want to open my Bible just so you all know that I'm not making this up. Uh, Genesis 6, 9 says that Noah was a righteous man, a blameless man among the people of his time, and he walked with God. He was blameless and righteous, and he walked with God. So this is why Noah was selected. Because he was righteous, he was blameless, and he walked with God. But I think it's important for us to understand, in order for him to be found righteous and blameless, it's with the latter part. That's what made him righteous and blameless. It was him walking with the Lord. It was him walking with God. Some of us began to think, well, oh, Lord, I got issues. I got some things. I don't know, right? Because the question that I had immediately, Diane, was, okay, God, are you going to find me righteous yeah. in my generation? Yeah. How am I going to do that? Because I read somewhere in Scripture that says that my righteousness is that of a filthy rag. My goodness is that of a filthy rag. So, Lord, how are you going to make me right in your eyes? Walking with the Lord. Walking with the Lord is what made Noah righteous. Just as Noah has navigated, uh, had to navigate a corrupt and violent society, I think it's important for us to just take a moment and pause and look into the world right now. Think about the world right now. Is it not violent? Is it not corrupt? So how then are we to be uh, found righteous in this generation with such a corrupt and violent world? So God gave me two points. Two points. Only two. Because I know y'all hungry. <laughs> the first point is to have faith. The second point is to be righteous. And then I, got, I do have a bonus point. If y'all want it, y'all want the bonus point? Raise your hand. You want the, okay. So y'all said yes. Amen. I heard an amen. So the last point is I want you to ask yourself is do you see Christ? In this text, just this ver one, one verse, do you see Christ? So the first point is to, what's the first point? Have faith. Have faith. Amen. Somebody's away. Have faith. The second point is to be righteous. And then extra, right, for extra credit, I want you to be asking yourself is do you see Christ? As I looked into the text, it says that Noah had faith in God's word. If we're not careful, I have to say it again. All Noah had was God's word. I don't think y'all hear me. All Noah had was God's word. See, no, no, no. He didn't have a Bible. All he had was God's word. It's about 1,600 years since 
right? Adam and Eve, all the things have taken place. And now God approaches Noah and he says to him, I don't think y'all hear me. He approaches Noah and says, I have found you righteous, blameless. But Noah, this world is so violent and corrupt, I'm going to destroy it. God told Noah he was going to do something. Noah had faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. This is a monumental act of faith because, again, all he had was God's word. See, some of us are looking for miracles. We're looking, we've seen things. We've seen other miracles in people's lives. He just had God's word. He took God at his word. What is, what is faith? What is faith? Hebrews, Hebrews 12, right? Hebrews 11. One says what? Now faith is the being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So we look at the text. Noah had faith, and faith is what? Being sure of what we hope for, even though we don't see it. So Noah is approached by God. Noah is approached by God, and then we see that after he's approached, he takes God at his word. He takes God at his word, and what does Noah have to do with, like, what is this text? We look at Genesis 7, 1, it says, now the Lord said to Noah, right, enter the ark, you and your family, because I found you righteous. What does that have to do with anything today? Well, it has everything to do with everything, because in order for us to get to this part, right, Noah first had to have faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. There is no entering the ark unless we understand and believe that God did what he said he was going to do. We don't arrive at Genesis 7 without Genesis 6.22. What did Genesis 6.22 say? Come on. Noah did everything just as God had commanded. So we don't, Noah doesn't arrive at the ark and with him and his family, I'm not going to get, let me, I'm jumping ahead. Because God, it's Noah's faith. It's Noah's faith that allowed him to get to where we are today. Dr. Campbell said it is by faith, right? It is our um, faith that we bow down to God. It is our faith, it is in our faith that we bow down to God. This movement, it's not our tears, it's not the weeping, it's not the wailing, it's not the screaming and shouting, it is our faith that we bow down to God. It was Noah's faith that moved God. It was Noah's faith that allowed him, that drew God to him. Why? Because he was walking with the Lord. He was trusting in the Lord. So God said, I find you righteous, Noah, because you've been walking with me, and, and I make you blameless. I make you righteous yeah. among the people. Yeah. We must understand it's not about ourselves. And that's, that is a blessing for me. That it's not on Nathan's merit. God steps in and intercedes on my behalf. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Noah's obedience was a byproduct of his faith. Noah's obedience was a byproduct of his faith. You don't have obedience unless you have faith. You have to have faith first in order to be obedient to God. Where there's no faith, there's no obedience. Where there's no faith, there's no obedience. Noah's key ingredient to navigating a corrupt and violent, rebellious, and disrespectful, and nasty, and vile, and wicked world was what? His faith. See, some of us are trying to do it on our own strength this morning. And we're tired. We want to throw in the towel. Co-workers getting on our nerves. Family getting on our nerves. Friends done ghosted us. And we're trying to do it on our own. And God is saying, I need you to have faith. It's a faith walk. This life is a faith walk. I had a friend that I was talking to uh, last week. And I remember being right where he was, where he is. He said, Nate, you know, I'm just trying to get my life together and then I'm going to come see you at the church. I'm just trying to get it together, you know. I, I got I to gotta get, get cleaned up a little bit. I said, it's been seven years. There is no getting clean in, a, in arriving to God. It doesn't work. God cleans you, right? God cleans you and then sends you back into the world. This brother is trying to get it together on his own merit. So we had to have, we had a conversation and we were able to, uh, to, to dialogue and, and break scripture down. And he said, you know what, I, I never saw it, like, saw it like that. Because see, what happens is, what we've learned, unfortunately, and so, for some of us in the, in the faith, is we've tried, we are trying to earn salvation. We are trying to work for it. And that's why it's so tiring. And that's why you, you get faint, you get weary. Because you're trying to work for it. You can't earn it. But when you have faith, you work. See, you don't work for your faith. Your faith works for you. Noah's assurance was, under, it was tied up in his obedience. Noah's assurance was tied up in his obedience and his faith that he had in God. Our faith is what draws us forward. Again, all Noah had was the word of God. Just like Noah, when we break it all down, all we have is the word of God. Yeah. Think about this. Some of you ever, have you ever been down when every, but you had people around you? But it, it, nothing satisfies you. They checked on you. They called you. It got to the point where you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even read the text messages. You would just avoid it. They were sending you scripture. You wouldn't want to read. It was just God. You just had God. At the end of the day, all we have is God. From the beginning of time, all we see, Genesis 1, in the beginning, all we've had from the very beginning is God's word. It's God's word. Hebrews 11.3 says, I'm looking, I'm going to start at verse 8. If you have your Bible, you can follow along. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive, as his inheritance obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going, by faith. Skip down to verse 17. 
This is Hebrews 11:17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Remember, he was waiting on that child. And God put him to the test. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. See, if there's no faith, Joseph doesn't tell them, do this with my bones, because God's going to deliver you, and when he delivers you, I need you to place my bones over here. It was an act of faith that gave Joseph that type of confidence to be telling people that, hey, one day, our God is going to deliver us, deliver his people, and I need you to carry my bones into this place. That is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. When I sit here and I think about God's word and how it's, it's, we're celebrating 11 years. 11 years. It's a, it was an act of faith when pastor sat down and said, let's meet in the garage. It was an act of faith when he said, okay, we've been worshiping in the garage now. It's time to move. Yeah. It was an act of faith. Yeah. And as he moved, he said, it's time for us to go to Health Professions High School. Yeah. And we're going to worship in a gymnasium. But one day, we're going to move from this gymnasium. It was an act of faith. And the faith is what produced the obedience. Yeah. The obedience is what you see in front of you here today. Yeah. If we don't have faith, there is no city church. Yeah. I remember sitting there talking to, we were at the gym at the high school before we would think we were praying and, 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 and fasting and thinking about this building. And Brother Cliff said, Nate, what do you think? I said, brother, I ain't got it. But the God that I serve, if, if, I said, if God wants us to have the building, if God, once it's to have the building, he's going to work it out. And Chris said, well, all right, well, then I guess we're going to go. I said, wait a minute. I said, if God, don't put that on me. He said, well, you see, you, you that confident. I'm, I'm confident in God because I ain't got it. But God does. A question that we must all ask ourselves um, is, am I placing my trust? Am I placing my trust in God? Or am I putting it in things? Am I putting it in a job? Am I putting it in a relationship? Am I putting it into a vehicle? Am I putting it into uh, to, to my friends? Am I putting my faith into God or am I putting it to things, into created things? What is Romans says that instead of worshiping the true God, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Instead of worshiping the true God, they created things to worship and bow down to them. Human nature. Since the beginning, man has been running from God, but oh, I thank God for him pursuing us. Yes. For him stepping in and chasing us. I think about the parable of the sheep, that one sheep that wandered off. And the shepherd went and found him. That's us. I don't know if you've ever been a sheep before. I don't know if you've ever wandered away before. But God went and found you. You were trying to hide. And God showed up and said, son, daughter, it's time to come home. That's the God I serve. Our second point is to be righteous. So we, to have faith, to put our faith, 
Noah had to put his faith in God, to put his faith in the word of God. God said something, God, and Noah was obedient. And so now, our second point, to be righteous. But Nate, how am I supposed to be righteous in this generation? In the text it says that I have found you righteous in this generation. How does one both remain righteous in a generation? Well, we got to look at the attributes of Noah, as we've seen. Genesis 6, 9. Be, be blameless, be righteous, but that most important part is walk with the Lord. In order for us to be found righteous in this generation, we need to be walking with the Lord. Walking with the Lord. So the secret to uh, righteousness is faith. So our point number one is to have faith. In order to be righteous, we need to have faith to be righteous. Again, because it's not about you. I've tried. I don't know about you. You may be like me. I've tried to do it. I've tried to be good. I've tried. It's only a matter of time before I say or think the wrong thing. So thanks be to Christ. Again, faith and obedience go hand in hand. Noah was righteous because he was obedient. Noah was obedient, Noah was obedient because he had faith in God's word. Like, no, literally, he really had, like, faith in God's word. And I think that's something that God is dealing with me with. Nathan, do you believe that I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do? Yes. Some of us this morning are struggling with that. God has told us something, but we don't see the fruit. We don't see, as Hebrew says, what? We, 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 we hear you, God. I feel you, God, but I don't see it. And that's why Scripture tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. Because when we get to looking, we want to get scared and, and, and want to double back. I think about the faith of the Israelites when God was leading them, leading them out of captivity. I want you to walk with me for a moment and to use your spiritual imagination. God is taking the Israelites out of captivity and they get to the Red Sea. In Hebrews, it says that, um, Hebrews 11, it says that by faith, hear me out, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as, on dry land. The people passed through on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. See, I don't know about you, but the God that I serve, when I start moving in faith, the waters of the world are held up. They can't get to me because I'm on dry land because of the faith that I have with God. When I'm sitting there and it's just me and the Lord and I'm, I, and I'm asking him, Lord, how are we going to get through this thing? He reminds me that if I just have faith as small as a mustard seed, I'll be able to hold the waters back. Glory to God. It is our faith that moves God. It is our faith that moves God. So some of you right now, you're, you're struggling in your own marriage. You're trying to do it. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning to have faith, to ask God, to, to, to move God with your faith. See, as I told out, me and Brother uh, Nate Doss were talking, I said, see, what I love about when we're moving in faith, because the Bible says that, as, as our sister shared, shared with that beautiful prayer, that the, 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 uh, field, the flowers of the field, they don't reap nor sow the birds of the air. They don't reap nor sow, but our God. But here's the key point. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. See, I remember being taught about all the things that I couldn't do as a believer. 
But then God has shown me all the things that I can do in him. So the birds in the air, they don't sow and reap. The flowers do their job in their splendor, but they're going in, here today and going tomorrow. And God asked the question, Jesus asked his disciples, are you more, not more important than the bird? Are you not more important than the bird? But see, the enemy wants you to think that you're not. And he's constantly accusing you and, and sharing with you about your past and, and why you don't deserve to have what God has for you. But it's not about you. See, some of you, you are, you're free and you don't know it. There's a, my favorite quote says that the chains of habit are oftentimes too small to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. Some of us are free, but we don't know it. We're still moving like we're in bondage and God has liberated us through our faith. So I encourage you this morning to allow God to move through you in your faith. Go as, move as those things they are. Our God is moving through us when we move in faith. God is a gracious God. During the creation, I always find it interesting, since we're in Genesis, the, the, the blessing, the blessing that God has given, and the, the most dangerous thing that God has given us is will. It's, it's a blessing, but yet it's, it's dangerous because God has given us the ability to choose against him. So being in Genesis, it made me think about on the creation of the universe. It says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He took the mountains, right? He created the water. Was, he did all these things. Put the stars in the air, and the, air, the stars were obedient. He told the mountains to be raised up, and the mountains rose. He told the valleys to be cast down, and they, they did it. He told the waters to come here and stop, and the waters obeyed him. And he said, you come here, you say no. God has given us the ability to choose against him. We're the only creation that wants to be hard-headed. The stars obey him. The moon obeys him. The sun obeys him. Also, the sun obeys him. And he asked us to move. And we said, no. Let me think about it. Let my taxes hit first. <laughs> when my taxes hit God, I got you. I'm going to move. But God is calling us to move now. The Holy Ghost showed me in our second part that and we looked at he has found us righteous. I want to, uh, to share a couple points, a couple byproducts of Noah's righteousness. A couple byproducts of Noah's faith. Because Noah was righteous, because Noah operated in the faith, his family was protected. Yeah. It wasn't just Noah who entered the ark. Yeah. It was his children and their wives who entered the ark because of Noah's faith. Yeah. I don't think y'all hear me. Yeah. It was Noah's faith that allowed and that protected his family. Yeah. It was Noah's faith that provided favor for, the, for, for Noah. It was Noah's faith that placed on him righteousness. Yeah. It was Noah's faith that provided him salvation. Yeah. It was Noah's faith that provided him opportunity to work for the Lord. Yeah. It was Noah's faith that produced haters. 
Some of y'all know when we walk in the faith and we just shine bright and do what God has called us to do, we're going to have haters. Remember, Noah's doing something that is unheard of. You're building a ship, a, bo a boat, and it's never rained. I don't understand what you're I don't understand this. So people are going to call you crazy when God has called you to do something, when God called you to do that construction company, when God has called you to start that business, when God has called you to start your family, and you don't see, you don't see it. the evidence, but God is saying, do you trust me? We're able to look into the text, and we see Abraham says that he was an old age. He was an old age, but it was his faith. God accredited to him righteousness because of his faith. He went into a place that God hadn't showed him. Some of us, we want all the details. <laughs> Lord, if you could just hand me a GPS, then I'll go. Like, put in the address, okay, let me see. All right, no, I ain't going over there. Uh-uh. Some of us, some of us, right, we are worshiping with a little bit of, uh, oh, you know, hesitancy. I would go, Lord, but I see, I see what's ahead of me. I'm so glad that God has called us to live by faith and not by sight. Noah's faith produced vision, ideas, and wisdom. Noah's faith uh, provided support and resources. Again, as we think about the text, it says that uh, seek first and seek, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be given to you. See, many of us forget to seek God's kingdom first, but we want the blessing. Yeah. We want the blessing, but not the blesser. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't work that way. It's every time that I've trusted God and put God first, God says, oh, that's what you want? I, Nathan, it's not that I don't want you to have that. It's just that I don't want you to get the game twisted. I want you to understand that these blessings come from me and not from thee. So God wants us to move by faith so we understand that we fall in love, not with just the gift, but the gift giver. Yeah, yeah. So Noah moved by faith. He was able to enter the ark. As we're coming to a close, the Lord said, Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous. The aroma of Christ is all over this passage. When we think about the ark, it's also symbolic of Christ, who is protecting us from God's holy wrath. The ark that Noah built with his faith produced the opportunity for him to save himself and his family. Noah's faith moved God so much that he spared Noah. And because of that, Noah and his family were able to enter this ark. So I want you to also see the intersection or the, uh, uh, the intercessory on God's behalf stepping in to save him, save us, save man from himself. See, a lot of us are scared of the devil. We're worried about the devil. We give him too much credit. Yeah. Oh, the devil, the demons, they're, they're real. But our God, our God, our God also is real. And our God has an ark 
And his name is Jesus the Christ. And I want you to begin to look as we look into the world, as we go out into the world, after our brunch, of course, <laughs> as we go out into the world, God gave me this, this scary vision of looking at people as though they're drowning for their lives. He says, Nay, I want you to remember. See, sometimes we, we you know, we, it's, it, it's cute. It's cute to get up here and preach. It's cute. But when we really see that there are people who are drowning in their sin and we are inside the boat and we don't throw out a life raft called Christ, we're watching them die in their sin. And scripture says that our, that that their sin, right, that their blood is on our hands. So we also need to remember that it is up to us as the believer. You may be the only church that somebody sees. You are the church. Wherever we are, the church is. So it's a reminder to me that as, the, as Noah was able to step into the ark, and now all of us, all of us in this space, by the grace of God, have been able to step in the ark of Christ. It is imperative that we go back out into the world and throw out life rafts that are covered in Christ. Somebody is drowning at your job. Somebody is drowning in your household. And God is waiting for you to move. So as we come to a close, let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Noah. We thank you for his faith. We thank you for his obedience that allowed us to be to where we are today. Lord, we thank you for your ultimate sacrifice, your son, Jesus the Christ. Lord, I ask that you would move in and through us this morning as we prepare to go to have brunch and fellowship with one another may we love on one another and may we take that same love after it's all said and done and go into the world and share that love with the world to share that compassion to share that hope but not the hope or the compassion that we have in ourselves, but the hope and compassion and the love that we have in you. The bold love, the bold compassion, the bold kindness, Lord, help us to apply it to our lives that we may give it away freely as you have given it to us. But then again, it cost your son his life. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for everything that you're doing in and through us, Father God. We ask that you would have your way. Have your way, Father God. And lastly, Lord, I ask that if someone who's under the sound of my voice or watching this on uh, their screen, their phone, their mobile device, or their television, Father God, and they don't know you, I ask that you would begin to open up their hearts to receive you that they may be able to step into the ark of your son Jesus the Christ Lord I ask that you would move Father God as only you can Lord we thank you for your precious holy word help us to write it down on the tablets of our heart to take it wherever we go it is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and as we go down from this place we ask that you be with us each step of the way. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
Tybee, yes, amen, amen.